Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. everybody. Thanks so much for spending your time with us. We really appreciate it. And we know that, that uh, everybody is probably a little sick and tired of being confined uh, during this particular time frame. So Mark has gotten a show for you together tonight that will certainly keep you awake, alert, and uh, not thinking about cabin fever. Uh, before I bring Mark on, though, I want to thank Ken Quiethawk for his intro. You can find him on the Internet, and he and his wife, Deb, are Native storytellers. Please check them out. It's an amazing tradition and one that we all should know a great deal more about than we do. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Yep. You have an amazing show tonight. I'm so excited about the two guests that you've got. Oh, I'm really looking forward to the next two hours. It's going to be uh, very informative. How at How's the very uh, least, everything yes. with you? Oh, you doing okay? Um, yes, I, I have gotten my Ph.D. in being a hermit, and I look forward to being able to go out and practice it in society very soon. You know, I think everyone's getting close to, uh, you know, walk walking around, uh, you know, murmuring uh, red rum. <laughs> so. Yes, probably. Okay, so you know, I hope uh, everyone, especially Teresa TV, enjoyed uh, celebrating the Shroud of Turin weekend. And uh, we aren't uh, covering Moo tonight, uh, nor next week. Uh, we're definitely changing uh, topics tonight. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's been impacted by the pandemic uh are you checking on friends and family more frequently during quarantine? Are we seeing a, a return to, of kindness? Um, do we know what's really going on? Have we been told the full truth, except for for what you've heard on Nightlight? Uh, what's life going to be like after the virus dissipates? Uh, you know, 
has this uh, plague been foreshadowed in the Bible? If, if the virus was made in a lab and deliberately released, would the person or group uh, be one of the three Antichrist figures mentioned in the book of Revelation chapter 13 uh, to help us make sense out of all this overwhelming information. Uh, we have a couple of our resident biblical scholars returning. Dina Ray is the author of Crowns and Cabals and several other books on conspiracies. Her website is Dina Ray's writestuff.blogspot.com. That's D-I-N-A-R-A-E-S-W-R-I-T-E stuff.blogspot.com. David Collis is an artist and author of Interviewing Jesus, the Man. David's website is davidcollis.com. That's C-O-L-L-I-S.com. Hi, Dina and David. How are you? Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Hey, good evening, Mark. Yeah, glad glad you're here. Uh, Yeah, we need to uh, put a lot of this plague stuff into uh, some better organized uh, perspective. And, you know, for uh, two months we've heard all from the authorities all about yeah, what we should do, and then you get contradicting information, all these predictions, uh, you know, the new normal. Uh, it's just a lot of information to process. Uh, whom do we believe? Uh, is Facebook more reliable than mainstream media? Uh, you know, was you know, the uh, pale course in the book of revelation about uh you know the plague you know like foreshadowing the end of times um you know, is is that where we are now or you know, maybe it's not that bad since the death rate isn't that that high but, um so you, you know we need to uh, talk about some of these uh, links and con- uh, connections to what was prophesied a couple thousand years ago. So, um, you know, maybe we should start there with uh, Revelation chapter six. You know, uh, Dina, would you want to start with uh, you know, your interpretation uh- of the pale her? Horse, or you know. Well, the uh, the pale horse is, as you've um, mentioned, is typically related to pestilence and and plague. So mm-hmm. at the end of days, we're we've got the the four horsemen, and um, of course, the coronavirus. It's a, since it's a global thing, many people are wondering: Is this it? Is this the the plague or uh, pestilence that the Bible warns us about. And, um, I mean, it could be. Or maybe if this is a rehearsal for the big big one, because like you mentioned, there's 
there's not that many deaths. When we think of plague, you were, we're thinking more of maybe a third of the population wiped out, something like that. And uh, not that many people are dying from this. So that, that kind of doesn't, mm-hmm. it kind of fits, but it kind of doesn't fit. Right. Yeah. It's, it, 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 um, there have been a lot of people, what, over 2 million people um, diagnosed, you know, the death rates, you know, it's unfortunate that it's, you know, something like 3 to 5%. But that's nowhere near what, uh, like the 14th century plague from, uh, you know, the Black Death in the, was it 1348 when, uh, what, a third to half of uh, Europe died? That's about right. So you could not, so. At, at that time, you could be fine in the morning, start feeling sick by lunch, and be dead by dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not we're not having that uh, right now. So, uh, you know, maybe we are seeing some you know, good news that it is not um, as terrible, like. Today's situation is not as terrible as what uh, is predicted in the book of Revelation, but it's still bad enough. The the imagery, the empty streets, it's very unnerving. The quarantine that's going on, the effect on people, it's, you know, we're still dealing with something very scary. Yeah, it's very unnerving. Right. And they said that it could uh, mutate, so we could get a deadlier strain in the fall. Mm-hmm. So we're not really out of the woods uh, yet. I know everybody is talking about reopening um, America and, you know, soon we'll be back to school and soon we'll be working again and, and all of that, and I, I get that, but we're really not out of the woods yet. All right, yeah. I think it's, uh, you, you know, were, it's still uh, you, prudent to follow you know, the, the the guidelines. Yeah, you were talking about uh, famous pandemics and. Um, there, of course, was uh, the Spanish flu, where um, one one third of the the world was in, infected with that, and uh, that one kind of hits home personally for me because I had a great grandmother who died of the Spanish flu, and then I had a great grandfather who lived, and he was about to die from it, and I guess uh, his wife gave him a big glass of whiskey with like half a thing of pepper in it and mm-hmm. said, you have to drink this, all of it now. And he he drank the whole glass of whiskey and the pepper and everything, and he coughed and he coughed and he coughed and all of that phlegm. 
he coughed it out and he lived. We have a remedy. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if the respirator isn't available. <laughs> Forget the respirator. Let's just go ahead and get some whiskey and some pepper. <laughs> There's going to be a run down to the liquor store. <laughs> That's why it's an essential store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, it's not the churches. It's yeah. The uh, you don't want you going there, but hey, the liquor store is going to bring out that fifth, fifth of Jack Daniels to to you at the curb. <laughs> but the really are, that's like driving up the A and W when we were younger, right, and ordering some burgers. <laughs> Drive up, order some whiskey, and leave. <laughs> I mean, this could get totally comical. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I have some other, uh, uh, you, you know, looks at, uh, you know, flaws of ha- how we're dealing with this. But you, you know, we'll get to that. Um, I don't want to burn up everything in five minutes, like uh, and have a repeat of last week. But um, uh-huh. we also have, <laughs> uh, yeah, these you know, reports of the, the escaped aardvark from the uh, Chinese market, and and you get some, some of these bat stories, oh, and. Uh... I heard koala bear too at one point. Um, they were selling koala bear meat, and it was coming from that too. Okay, well, yeah, you, you, you hear, yeah, you know, those stories. Um, yeah, the virus was made in a lab and deliberately released. Um. Yeah, you know, it's not you know, a little bit of one or the other. It's you know, it, it's you know, either came from you know w- one play. It's not you know a little bit of both. It's uh, you know a lot of people said it, you know we're starting the discussions with you know uh, like the seafood markets and. Many other people are just saying it was uh, it's a uh, synthetic virus created in a lab and released. Uh, That's uh, a smart, smart place to release it in a, an exotic meat market where nobody's well, at least us Westerners think all of that stuff's weird. So, what a great place to release a man-made virus. It must be that weird meat that they eat, or it's just uh, pretty smart. Well, you know, uh, I also heard that there is a strain, the corona strain on the East Coast is different than the corona strain on the West Coast. So uh, the West Coast seems to have more of an Asian flair to it, and then the one that's in Europe, or the one on the the East Coast, has a bit of a European flair to it. 
Well, so we're seeing yeah, mutations. It, yeah. Well, well it, you know, people have discussed that the East Coast version came with uh, some European visitors earlier in the fall. And we get the you know, major outbreak in like uh, this, uh, or it's starting in December, and it becomes you know the pandemic, uh, you know Jan- January, February, March, and you know, it's starting to uh, level out now. But but you know, David, there, there's kind of like those two stories uh, supporting what you, you, you're saying too. I. Where did it? Where did it come? It just doesn't seem to be um, some kind of like uh, fungus, like uh, anthrax, like a naturally occurring thing. It just seems like it's deliberate, deliberately made. Does if it's deliberately made, are we? And you know, released. Are are, are we looking at uh, an person or organization that uh, could be like any of those three Antichrist figures in the Book of Revelation, or a group, uh, secret society type group? Well, if you if this is manufactured and it is then put out into the world and put out in the world in one place and then you know then it spreads out and then it maybe be put into another place, then you might see that there is something deliberate about the way in which it was one manufactured and two distributed. So we now have to ask, you know, who benefits from having the whole world shut down because we are in now a crisis. So there are three components to this. We have a political component, we have a, a financial and economic component, and then we have a, a health risk and physical component to this. So everybody's in their homes, or most people are in their homes. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of business activity that's taking place, and we see uh, the different responses that are taking place uh, just even inside our own government as to what to do and how to do it. So. The question now becomes, what's going on if there is some other nefarious activities that are about to be unleashed? What are those, and what is it, you know, what's going on? I can tell you right now, I'm really, you know, frustrated and and upset that there might be a national health registry that we'd have to, you know, uh, engage in, Mm -hmm. or we have to get – vaccinated, or we have to, you know, have our passports, you know, to enter into another country. You know, I know that, you know, back in the the 90s, you would have to get, if you wanted to go to Africa and you wanted to go do some other traveling around the world, you would have to get, um, you have to be immunized here in the United States to be able to go over there, uh, and that you have to have a health stamp in your your passport. Is it now going to be one of those types of things where no matter where you go, you have to prove that you are safe to enter into another country. So, you know, this is all very dangerous, you know, what's going on. 
and it's going to definitely slow down. I mean, think about it. It's going to slow down the world economy, and it's going to slow down the way in which people move around the world. I don't know. Is that a bad thing or is that a good thing? I, you know, I, I have no way of knowing. Uh, Dina, you're uh, heavily involved in conspiracies. What do you think? Uh, I'm right. Uh, well, I'm right with David, and uh, well, David's more of a Bible scholar than I am. And I uh, want to ask David real quick: Do you think China is the dragon mentioned in the Bible? Is that? I think is the that Chinese. Symbol? I'm well. I, I can't address that particular issue, but I will say this: It is my belief now that China was given kind of a revelation from God uh, to be a certain way, and they have sidestepped and have rejected all of that tradition, and they're now moving into a much more aggressive nature. And um, it doesn't surprise me that they are moving into. Uh, a kind of a dark period right now where they want to be rulers of the world. They want to dictate the world economy. They now want to go ahead and spread the, this virus. Uh, they want to shut down, you know, the whole world economy, which is horrible. And, um, you know, now we're kind of in a position of how do we, uh, on a financial level, how are we going to pay back some of the debts that, that uh, we owe China? And then of course, look at how they're able to take our manufacturing and now manipulate it in such a way that, um, we're not going to be able to, you know, get some of our medicines that we need. You know, this is something very nefarious here. And we don't, uh, you know, I think Americans are not the type of people that want to be reliant on other nations. And, um, you know, part of the American spirit is to have our own sense of destiny, our own sense of self-worth and our own sense of power, and that we don't want to be subjected anybody. You know, and it started off with the King of England. And I bet you anything is going to continue, and it's going to go straight into the ideas, or, or that idea is going to go right into China. That's how I feel, and I'm getting frustrated about this whole thing. So, well, I, I couldn't I agree. Yeah. So again, I'm going back to what you mentioned. Can the Chinese be the dragon? Why not? I mean, that is their symbol. It's their national yeah. symbol. So right. what are they going to be doing to the world, and how is that going to start affecting the rest of us? Because, you know, one of the things that, you know, I like history quite a bit. And when I um, – actually, I'm a, a World War II buff, so on top of all this, the biblical stuff I know, I'm just a buff on World War II. And I did a great deal of study to understand the origins of, of the, the Pacific War. And lo and behold, the whole reason why the war occurred in the Pacific during World War II had to deal with China. And what happened with China, you know, goes back another hundred and something years, uh, what they were doing. But they felt up until the, the, the British invasion in around 1820, 1830, um, that they were the rulers of their universe, of that whole region. And that ended up, you know, we had the white colonial uh, colonialization of China. And now they've kind of pushed all that aside and they've kind of uh, been able to uh, resurrect, you know, a little bit like the phoenix. And now they're going to start dictating to the world how things are going to be. And um, so, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there might be a little bit of a showdown between the, S, uh, the West and the East here. And, uh, you know, they do have a, you know, they have 1.5 billion people, I think it is, or more. So, you know, that is a very, very uh, serious number of people. 
So, you know, how do you combat that? So they can kind of push their weight around quite a bit. So um, we are now just seeing something, you know, and the pot is being stirred. The cauldron is being stirred. Everything's boiling up. So we're about to see some type of um, actions that are going to be starting to take place and ramifications with this. So, and I, hopefully Americans are not going to be sitting around saying, oh, yeah, this sounds like a really good deal. I think people are going to get really upset saying, look, I can't stay in my house any longer. This is a, not only um, is this a pandemic issue, but we're now having a health issue. People are going stir crazy. Right. Yeah. They're, uh, like uh, I, I know that it's been mentioned by several politicians that um, poverty and, and mental illness are, are also killers. So you're, you're putting people into poverty and now they're losing their businesses. They're losing this. Well, they're not going to be the most stable. I mean, the whole thing can just really snowball. Um, On a side note, uh, uh, nobody's talking about this, which I, I always wonder why, but um, on a, on a side note, what the heck is going on with the homeless populations that are across the country and, uh, that nobody's reporting reporting on that. And uh, my my husband, uh, he is a retired firefighter in the Chicago area, and uh, one of his buddies who's who's still on the um, department called up, and uh, you know, with some some gossip in the Chicago area. And I guess one town; these are all Chicago suburbs. One town, uh, Aurora, actually. Uh, apparently they had a whole bunch of homeless people they didn't know what to do with, put them on a bus, shipped them to another nearby town, which is common. Uh, this is uh, this happens in Dallas area. This happens in Chicago. This happens in all major cities. They play um, shuffleboard with these homeless people because nobody wants to deal with them. Nobody wants to pay for them. Nobody. Uh, it's it's really quite sad. And uh, so anyway, Aurora ships this this group of homeless to another nearby Chicago suburb and then puts them in a a shelter over there. Well, they all have coronavirus. So they just infected a new group of homeless people with coronavirus. So now we went from a few hundred people with coronavirus to, you know, close to a thousand people with coronavirus. And if, and that's just one example so what's going on across the country, especially in areas like L.A.? And, um, I, I mean, I know Dallas is a ton of homeless people. And and they've got to be just, um, you know, like walking zombies with this, this sickness. And uh, it's not just the homeless people, the, the jails. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, Cook County, I don't think anybody understands what's going on there. They're... If you, unless you're uh, an axe murderer, you're you're set free because everyone in the jail mm. has got coronavirus. Uh, we've got like waves of this among some of the most messed up populations in the country, and I don't think they're going to be quarantining anywhere. I don't think they're going to be following any rules, so they're just wandering around and. Meanwhile, the rest of us um, are afraid to, you know, go with your husband to the grocery store because you're only supposed to go one at a time. Uh, I mean, 
you've got rule followers, and then you've got a bunch of people who are not going to be following the rules and who are infected. How is this going to play out in the near future? So um, anyway, these are some, some questions that I, are rolling on my mind, and I know you guys were already talking about the churches, and um, I know that one pastor uh, oh, was really getting a lot of airplay, the one that had his uh, church outside and everyone showed up in in their car and the police came and gave everybody a $500 fine. I don't know if you guys saw that on the news. So we're hitting hitting a a breaking point. That that was the church from South Carolina. Yeah. So one of the, um, one of the horses in the apocalypse, I can't, let me, hold on a second. Let me look at my, uh, here. It's the, uh, I think it's the red horse. Let's see. Hold on one second here. One of the horses, it's scales. It's the black horse. So it's the third horseman. So when the seals are unveiled right there, the first four seals are the, the horses. And so the third, the third seal is the black horse, and that's scales. So that also refers to famine, and it refers to justice. So think about what's going on right now. There's a whole lot of um, kind of injustice that is taking place. And this yeah. is what we were talking about. Like, let's just uh, unload all these people that were um, jailed out onto the streets. Well, where's the justice in that? And then here are these people over here on one side, they're getting $500 tickets um, trying to do <laughs> what they think that is right, which is worship. Where's the justice in that? There is just that everything is like starting to be turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And in the old Testament, uh, the prophets would say, you know, right is people are looking at this and they're saying right is wrong and wrong is right. So we are now starting to deal with the topsy turvy nature of instability within our own country. And if that continues to stir up, it'll just get um, it'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And people will then start getting more and more angry because justice is no longer part of the equation that we've all understood. And I can tell you, I've also done some studies on uh, uh, ancient Egypt, and there was a period when they went through a similar process where they were saying, where's the justice in the land? And there was no justice. And so for about 200 years, they would, essentially they went dark. And of course, uh, the Egyptian empire lasted for 3,400 years. So, I mean, they had a 200-year spat where there was like no justice, so that was a you know kind of like a a, a road bump in their <laughs> in their history. But it still happened, and so we're starting to see something similar going on right now, and that also is part of an end time um, prophecy. Is that the, uh, our our society is going to unravel? I oh, I mean we could that's we could see that clear as day and. Um, I know I've I've been uh, reading the Bible quite a bit lately, and uh, Jesus in those in those uh, gospels he repeats himself over and over again when he's talking uh, to his disciples about how he tells them the truth, and over and over and over again. And I don't know how many times he says it, but but several, and uh, I just can't help but think that's what where we are today. We we've got you know we've got. CNN, we've got MSNBC, we've got Fox, we've got, you know, NBC, we've got all these news channels, 
And is anyone telling us the truth? I don't know. I'm starting to think no. And uh, I know. It's a sad state of affairs when almost all of your institutions are now being questioned. So what used to be, (laughs) you know, oh, you know, we've kind of have some trust in the way our institutions work. And believe me, institutions work very well under, you know, when everybody's kind of playing the same game and understands all the same rules. That all works very well. But now all of a sudden we might start having these mob mentalities out there or we're going to start having draconian types of effects. So anyway, I think that, uh, you know, I'm hoping that this this uh, pandemic will have its day and then we can kind of once it's done, we can kind of go back. And I'm not I don't know what the new normal is going to be, but obviously there's going to be some uh, some adjustments. And then I think, you know, probably within a couple of months after uh, we have all, you know, we've gone through all this and we seem like we're out in the clear, then I think Americans are going to go back to being Americans. <laughs> what else are we going to be? So I I don't know if we'll, we'll – oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, oh, no, oh go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Dina, after you finish your point, I have a question uh, for, for you about uh, – your, your crowns and cabal's book. Oh well, uh, definitely. I I just wanted to uh, mention I did uh, some I, I did another uh, blog post today, and uh, in uh, my research, I had heard that China and South Korea were uh, following their citizens around with a, a phone app. So I, I wanted to get more information on this and. South Korea isn't too bad. Um, they uh, text everybody. You you can't block the text. I guess it's mandatory. You have you have to have your phone and you have to have this text uh, where they'll they'll warn you and they'll say, oh, um, that you're in an area where someone who has coronavirus is uh, for your safety. You know disperse or or something something to that effect china on the other hand is just awful they've got drones flying down to uh people who are registered with coronavirus apparently when you get coronavirus you're registered with it you're somehow in some government database and then they force everyone i mean my my husband has an old fashioned flip phone. There, he, his text, everything is just so like 1999 about his phone. So not everybody has you know the most updated cell phone in the world. But I guess in China you better have an updated cell phone because the only way you're gonna get from point A to point B is if you show the military or the police your phone. And there's this app that Alibaba. And WeChat, which if you're not familiar with those two companies, Alibaba is like the Amazon of China. And WeChat would probably be like our messenger with um, the tax and everything. And the two of them have teamed up and they've, they've made this app that um, if you're, it's, it's a color code of, of where you stand is in terms of coronavirus and who knows what else, right? We're, We're just told that it's coronavirus. If you're, if you have never been, you have never been to the doctor on coronavirus, or or you had coronavirus and 
you quarantined for two weeks and you went back to the doctor and you, you are clear, then you have the green and you can show the police on your phone, look at me, I've got green. So now you could get onto public transportation. Now you can uh, get to another city because there's checkpoints all over the place. Now you can go to a store. Now you can, now you have movement. Now, if you get yellow, that means you don't have coronavirus, but you're close to someone with, who has coronavirus. Now, what that means, I don't know. Does that mean it's your husband or does that mean it's your neighbor? I don't know. I couldn't find that out. I don't know how picky they are about that. And then, of course, if you've got red, you have coronavirus and you, you need to isolate for a certain amount of time. You know, yellow and red cannot leave their house they have no travel rights to speak of which is extremely unfair especially if you're yellow because you don't even have coronavirus so this kind of tracking that they're doing and then they have the drones helping out with you know keeping everybody above board on on who has what virus and I'm thinking to myself Wow, they did all of that in such a short amount of time because supposedly they didn't even know they had it till what, January or late December? In such a mm-hmm. short amount of time, they did all of this. I mean, the data that, that there's, a, like you said, there's one and a half billion people in China, one and a half billion people, and you somehow consolidated this all in a couple of months' time? With and how tracking, do you manage to get, and how do you manage to get, 1.5 billion people smartphones. Right. And, the government and, to the, and to the doctor to test oh you. God. Exactly. So I, I don't see how they, they, they can do it. It's just, just too much information. Oh, oh, oh and then, just, um, unless, oh, I, I, unless just real quick. This is my favorite part of their whole program. They have this, that goes out. Like, um, say, so-and-so was supposed to be quarantined, but so-and-so is on the move, and so-and-so is stupid enough to bring his cell phone with him so it knows where it is. So every, everybody will get a text that says, um, you know, whatever, Win Ling or whatever the person's name is, has got, and they'll name you, has got coronavirus, and he's on 71st and Main Street right now. <laughs> They name yeah, you. It, they call you out. Did you ever see, I think it was the Minority Report, or was it Total Recall? Yes. With, uh, I'm first. Colin, Colin uh, Farrell, where, you know, oh. his, you know, he oh, Total somehow, Recall. I can't remember exactly what, he, you know, he's walking through this one area, and all of a sudden he's seen his face on all these monitors because he doesn't have the right thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Total Recall. Yeah, that's a great movie. And Sony, it's our life now. A, yeah, so are, are we moving into that 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 territory? And I think that's yes. Uh, I know that I read several years ago here in the United States that there are several cities that are going to be the test bed for what is referred to as the smart cities. So there's going to be oh, artificial no. intelligence that are going to be running the cities. You know, from uh, traffic. To call uh, to the police to you know everything. Essentially, it's going to be a lot, uh, a great deal of surveillance. But it's called the smart city. Oh, great! It, it, uh, uh, Dina, I've uh, maybe kind of a summary type 
uh, question for you. In, in your crowns and cabals, um, you, you know, you have all these international groups that uh, you know, send their like representative to you know, you know like that uh part you know the freaky party and yeah yeah and you know the books uh your book starts off with the uh like media blackout and it, it, it's basically you know uh foreshadowing what's going on to you know we didn't have the media blackout but you know we aren't getting uh you know the full truth either it's you know what you uh the template that you create in your book is you know very similar to the way these uh totalitarian regimes uh work where you know uh yeah, you, know, you, you believe what uh, we tell you. Um, you, you know, we're going to shut down a, any other uh, di- dissenting opinion. Uh, it, it, it's very. Uh, I, I, um, I I totally. Yeah, it, uh, it's like, oh, go, go ahead. Uh, I oh, I I totally believe that's what's that's what going on now if you this is what we're telling you and and if you don't believe it fine but if you're going to make waves about it you're going to end up dead i mean just look uh, look at those uh two doctors in china that that one whistleblower guy that uh wen liang uh missed had had a wanted to tell the world about coronavirus and then he um mysteriously dies of coronavirus and then that other uh doctor I think her name was A A Fen, if, if I'm correct. She wanted to warn everybody about coronavirus, and now she's missing. She's been missing for about three weeks now. So um, I would say that that's kind of where we're at right now, especially in uh, your total totalitarian regimes. Now, does America do that? Of course, of course we do. But but we've got to be like a hundred times our, or at least the elite have to be a hundred times more smart about it they have to be uh more crafty they have to have um insiders helping them out they've got to have media helping them out it's a lot more difficult and um you know i don't want to get too off topic but some of our politicians um many believe are murderers uh you know hillary clinton for example uh her and her and bill clinton have a lot of dead bodies that um, you know that they have connection to. Uh, most recently, that one uh, Epstein guy who, you know, supposedly hung himself mm-hmm. in jail. And um, you know, we we all know the the holes in, in that story. So we've got it here. They've got it in China big time. They've got it in Europe. They've got it. They've got it in. I mean, I, I believe that Revelation says there's there's going to be ten kingdoms, right? 
So I would right. go with 10, 10 regions, 10 regions in the world right now. And it's going to get more and more pronounced um, as new, as once new world order is ushered in. And I, I truly believe that the, the UN is the skeleton for this organization to, to um, grow into um you know, an actual government for the entire world. So, um, well, it, 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 it just seems like, you know, the few examples that you just mentioned and, you know, the Chinese Communist Party and the the, the way they've, you know, really uh, mismanaged letting their people as well as the rest of the world know about the the uh, the virus was you know becoming airborne and, and it was get, uh, get getting out uh, affecting people and it, it, but is that what is going um, on now is that part Part of their plan all along, uh, all along to uh, maybe make an attempt to bring the world under their control, and it you know, just really hasn't. It, it's done plenty of damage, but uh, it hasn't worked. Well, like like David David was saying, we you know we don't. We don't want to be like China, but on a separate note, we have not been paying attention to what our politicians have been doing over the last few decades, uh, and that's very unfortunate for us because they have sold us down the river. We are so in bed with China that we practically are China. Um, look at Joe mm-hmm. Biden. Um, I mean, he 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 got that swanky uh, $1.5 billion deal with his son and John Kerry's son and um um what that Whitey Bulger's nephew. I mean, yeah, they're they're dealing with a gangster on that and uh the NBA, none of them want to disc on China because they're making money hand over fist with China. Uh um China, uh, Michael Bloomberg doesn't want to get into it with China because he's got all kinds of business with China and um uh, most recently in Florida, what was that one company? Um, 3M. 3M. 3M can't sell its own country mask because it promised they'd sell China the masks first, and that's legal. I mean, this is getting to be out of hand. The globalism that our congressmen and congresswomen and senators have, you know, bowed down to in the name of money. It's it's getting out of hand, and no, we don't want to be like China. No, we don't want to be like Russia. Yet we just go on our merry old way and not pay attention and keep voting or not voting at all or voting for the same idiot, and we don't really have a country. Why do we owe China so much money in the first place? Why are we borrowing money from China to give to Iran? Why are we borrowing money from China to give to Venezuela? Why are we borrowing money from China ever? And now we're now everyone's tough talking. Oh, well, we're not going to pay them back because they started this this virus. It's like, are you kidding me? This is uh, we're we're on the verge of economic collapse, and 
And, you know, you could talk tough on China all you want, but the reality is that we are, we're in bed with them, and they know it and we know it. And if we want to pull the rug from under them, we're pulling the rug from under ourselves. And uh, this nation's not going to be a nation any longer uh, unless we can somehow turn things around. And maybe this coronavirus is going to put a big spotlight on what our politicians have not been doing for us. Maybe it's just going to, it's just one more thing, business as usual, and everyone goes back to their lives and hopes they don't get sick. I don't know, but um, I have a big problem with China, and um, I have a big problem with our country as well. Well, we've made it so that we wanted to open up trade with China, and it goes all the way back with Richard Nixon. And so somebody was thinking way mm-hmm. back then to open up China so that we can put in our manufacturing so that we can have cheap labor. And, of course, you know, that seemed to work for quite some time until China actually started to bite back. Did you know that if you wanted to open up a company over there, that you have to give them 51% of it? <laughs> no, I didn't and they're still that. doing it. And and you also had to open up your um, intellectual rights so that whatever you were making that might have priority or uh, intellectual property to it, you'd have to also give that over to the Chinese so that they can have it. And so a lot of companies were willing to do that because markets were so huge and the cost for doing business over there was so so little that they would make an enormous amount of money. So now we've gotten greedy and we have, in a sense, we now have a, a, a symbiotic relationship with China, and um, we now have a problem. And, and David, it, since you brought up, uh, you know, these finances in your book, uh, interviewing uh, Jesus the Man, um, you do spend some time talking about uh uh Jesus is uh concerned about uh, uh business matters you know, and, uh you know, since he's a carpenter you know he, he needs to know how much uh you know two by fours are and you know supplies you know is, is he, uh is this did he underbid uh someone's House and he's not going to have you know be able to pay his crew uh, this, this Friday. That's uh, you know uh, you, know, you have uh, several references to just based uh, Jesus being uh, aware of uh, you know basic finances is. You know, since we are dealing with you know, um, totalitarian uh, you know mindsets that are um, opposed to our way of life, is it okay for? Do you think Jesus would think it's okay for us to? Yeah, like uh, fight back financially by uh, boycotting um, uh, Chinese products, um, you know, moving the pill manufacturers back to the United States. 
Oh, just you know, fight. So is this is kind of like uh, what, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ba- yeah, so ba- based, yeah, I was you know just kind of working from uh, some I- ideas that you espouse in your book. Well, okay. So we have a very kind of interesting dynamic here that's taking place that has to kind of be unpacked, and that is there's an individual thing that Jesus seems to be referring to, and then there is what the nation state needs to do for its own survival and for its own um, existence. Okay. So some of these ideas, you know, what would Jesus do in a particular situation like this? That is not, it it doesn't always equate. We would like it to equate that if he did this, then obviously things would work out this way, but the needs of the state and the needs of a country sometimes are a lot different than the needs of the individual. So what's expedient? You know, if we take the example of Jesus, then we're supposed to be loving everybody and forgiving everybody. But then eventually that breaks down to the point where if everybody is acting in a way in which they were just very passive and allowing all the bullies to come and take over them and then, oh, by, and kill you, eventually they're going to win. So you have to yeah. believe that there's something on the back end of this fact that you are just lying down and taking it in which there's nothing, you know, there's nothing uh, on the back end of that, or there is something on the back end of that in which you get some type of reward. But, you know, the new, the old Testament is definitely shows the nature of the nation state and the needs of the nation state. Notice what the Philistines tried to do to Saul and King, you know, the little shepherd boy, David had to, you know, defeat the, the giant Goliath. I mean, look at the national need at that point. So if you kind of go back and you understand the history of Israel, there's always a national need. There's always the individual need. And sometimes you have to work through each of those in a very, you know, in a very specific manner. So, you know, I, it's, I think it's expedient for us to be able to say, hey, you know what, let's start taking some of our manufacturing and to put, put it back here in the United States. I mean, what's wrong with that? That's what we did back, back in the 50s. You know, and it wasn't right. until everybody decided that they wanted to have, you know, make a lot of money on very, um, well, it, there's a lot of policies to all this because you want to go ahead and just start making some of the third world countries. You want to get them out of their poverty so that they can, you know, start functioning uh, properly in a way. So there was a lot of help with that. And so putting businesses in their, their countries would allow them to rise and get out of their poverty. Um, but when it comes to somebody like China, uh, I just think that that's just feeding the beast. Exactly. You're feeding, you're, you're feeding your own death. And so I kind of look at it like, hey, you, we have to buy the own plot. We have to buy our shovel. We have to dig the ditch. And, oh, by the way, somebody over there is going to kill us and put us into the ditch and the property we bought with the tool we just bought. That is completely stupid. So there's an expedience of saying, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. And, of course, I'm American, and it's just like, I'm not losing my freedoms. No, we're not going to go down that road. Right. And that's what I think is happening. And this is the real big – we – I believe that God wants us to be free so that we can make choices, whether they're right or wrong. But the last thing that we need is to be enslaved. That's not where we want to be. And the history of Israel tells us not to be enslaved. 
You know, Adam and Eve, you know, sin. It's a form of enslavement by what they decided to engage in. And so whenever mm-hmm. you become a slave to something, you are not free to do what it is that you feel is most important to do and become. You know, choices become limited at that point. Absolutely. Uh, on, on a side note, uh, you know, not to step away from the Bible, but uh, even even Charles Darwin uh, said, said in, you know, all of his writings that the most successful species are always the most aggressive. So if we don't stand up to the aggression, which I think China's uh, very pa- – uh, they're brilliant at passive aggressiveness. And, uh, you know, they might not have started a war with us, but they – if they started this virus, it certainly looks like it. Uh, they've started uh, all kinds of currency games. They've started uh, all kinds of intellectual theft. They've started all kinds of uh, trade wars. Uh, if if we don't stand up to them, you know, like you like you said, we're gonna belong to them. We're gonna be walking around with our mandatory iPhones. And hopefully they'll be green, or we can't go to the store that day, or whatever. I mean. This is to me is ridiculous. That's right. It's they are not to, uh, a place that I would ever idolize. At least not at this point. Not at all. And, uh, you know, right. on the backside, you know, you know, on the backside of all of this, when it, especially when it comes to biblical prophecy, you have all of these like birth pangs. You have all of these. Uh, trials and tribulations, and that these last for a particular period of time. And then on the back end, something new comes out of that. New opportunities, new experiences, new hope, new opportunities, new interventions of, you know, divine beings and angels, etc. So, um, you know, that's the, the nature of the, uh, the book of Revelation. There's all of these things that are happening, and then, whoa, you know, on the back end of this, there's, you know, direct contact with the divine same thing with the plagues in egypt you know the the israelis mm-hmm. were slaves and then they were you know all the plagues happened they were freed and they wandered around in the desert and they finally you know after 40 years in the desert they got to have you know they got to go into the promised land so there is there's always hope and i i'm a firm believer of that you know so as much as i you know are is frustrated and i think there's a lot of people out here that are really frustrated with what's going on I believe that there is other, there are other entities, there's other uh, forces out there that are also looking out for our good. I'm just definitely not one who says, I'm going to give up my freedom. I, that's not what I want. So I'm willing to hunker down, you know, be responsible and just say, hey, you know what? If right now we need to hunker down and stay quarantined and self-quarantine, okay, I can go along with that. But do I want that for the next, you know, 20 years of my life? No. You know, that you, that's like self, that's, oh, that's a house arrest. No, mm-hmm. that's not it. So, Yeah, yeah D- David, you, you just brought up, um, <clears throat> you know, the uh, plagues of Egypt. Uh, that, that was something I was hoping to get to at some point tonight. Uh, you know, there is, uh, the sixth plague, uh, which is the boils, 
Yeah, you also get the uh, and that that was um take handfuls of soot from the kiln and before the eyes of Pharaoh let Moses throw it in the air. So yeah, you know, there's like you know, one of those kind of like air imagery, like the you know, viruses airborne and, and there's an, uh something else I want to get to in a little bit. But um you know, also in that uh um, you know, part of Exodus, you have that, um, you know, like dueling magic, uh, thing with throwing the staff down. You get the it turns into a serpent, and then you know, at, at uh, you know, by the time we get to the Book of Revelation, you get the miracles performed by. Uh, the Antichrist, um, everyone you know, just becomes um, all inspired by um, the the trickery. It, do do does it seem like you know with all these. Uh, Modern uh, techniques that all, that it, it's really just being a, a rehash of these uh, you know, Pharaoh's magicians and Moses and Aaron doing their like little magic thing, and it's and it's what we're being told today and shown on TV. It's just a bunch of crap. You know, with uh, oh, you know, we're getting all these. Um, uh, if, if we just get everyone to su- submit to the testing, we'll find out. You know, you know, a, a lot more about everything. Just trust us. And then all, then don't forget the vaccines uh, too. But it's all these like uh, miracles of modern science. It's going to get every. Everyone uh, healed. Uh, do, yeah, is this j- just more of like the same um, special effects with r- really no substance? Um, well, obviously, we have a very powerful media system with its uh, storytelling techniques and its uh, special effects. And it's persuasion over people. So uh, we have that for us. But when you kind of go back into ancient Egypt, you have to start recognizing that there are forces, there is wisdom, there are things that they recognize that you can participate in that uh, had like magical qualities to it. Now, whether it is like kind of, you know, the occult or black magic where you you're calling down and you're controlling demons. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far into the, into that level of understanding. I haven't been able to manipulate reality. So in a sense, what we're talking about is the nature of manipulating reality. So is, is reality being manipulated in such a way that we can use holograms to do the manipulation or is there actually real magicians out there that have access to powers that are beyond human comprehension 
or human normal human abilities to be able to um, manipulate reality and matter uh, through the power of their mind, the power of their will. So we're seeing that type of knowledge being bantered back and forth between Moses and Pharaoh's musicians, and now even with the, the Antichrist. And then we see the, you know, the miracles of Jesus and what he's performing. And so what is Jesus? I mean, if we're looking at the two um, realities of what the miracles are, on one side, we see kind of the dark miracles, uh, the dark magic, and it's about manipulating people. It's about putting people down. It's about uh, investing power into a particular individual or group or nation. And then when you look at the work that Jesus was doing, we're seeing Jesus as the servant of people, of others, of wanting to give of himself so that others, you know, can live. He wanted to feed people. He wanted to heal people. He wanted to make people, you know, get out of their doldrums, get out of this idea that, you know, life is horrible. So look at the two different examples. And what are we seeing as the example in the, uh, in the, uh, with the Exodus and with Revelation? We see this dark manipulation to empower and keep power so that people are oppressed. Whereas Jesus is showing something completely opposite of that. In a way, it's a little bit like Star Wars where you have uh, Darth Vader, you know, as the dark knight that's out there, you know, with the force be with you, and he's using it for, for dark ends and dark purposes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what this is now working towards. It's the, it's the battle between the forces of light and the forces of darkness. And I do believe that that's happening. And I do believe that there is, there's a way through this uh, so that we can go through a form of ascension, and it has more to do with about compassion and wisdom and insight and, um, and uh, meditation and finding our own internal power. Yeah. Dina, I, that's, that's really interesting. I, you know, uh, Dina, for, for guys should have uh, worked in the, you know, uh, loaves of bread, but it's you know you make a really good point, and yeah, that's kind of where we are with uh, Dina's book is you know, this mindset yeah. that she creates in, in her characters, um, where. It's really all about taking power from other people and just centralizing into the you know little you know core group of elites. Yeah, they're vampires. I, they're taking everybody's power and they're drawing it all in to themselves so that they get to have all the benefits of the universe. And you know, obviously, Jesus is pointing in a, a different direction. We're all should be sharing in the fruits of the world. Yeah, it's, right. yeah, there's, yeah, the difference, yeah, that's the difference between, um, 
uh, uh, just uh, spiritual people and fascists. Right. So think about what's going on right now with all the hoarding that had that had taken place with. Oh. I mean, it's kind of funny. I've seen some Facebook posts, and I've, I've laughed a lot. There's one picture of a person that has like, you know, 20 cases of beer, you know, in their cart, and they're taking it out to their car, and lo and behold, the cart fell over and broke all, you know, broke open like all their beer. Where's <laughs> 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 <Those are> right? <laughs> it's just like, and then, <laughs> and I just, I just laugh. I mean, how do you, man? I mean, how else can you think about that? It's a total tragedy on their part, you know, and here it is, it's like kind of divine retribution of like, you took too much, you know? Well, they can but mop it up with the uh, wait, excess hold toilet on, paper. Hold on, hold on. Exact, well, hold on. Let me just finish this. So we have Exodus, right? And the, and the Jews are out, and they, they get their daily manna from heaven. And I really kind of believe that's, that is like kind of a belief system, and that is like, okay, my needs are going to be taken care of. So I don't need to hoard. That's how I see it. So, and if you need something here, let me give you, you know, something that you need. And that's the way it should be working. Not like I just want to take everything, you know, and I'm just going to be eating, 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 you know, and hoarding, hoarding, hoarding. What does that do? Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything. The world doesn't work that way. It doesn't hoard. The universe is very open. It always is giving, and it's always giving what you need so that you can participate in it and grow and evolve. The other way is that it, 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 it reverses the whole process. So, I, And unfortunately, I, when you get into late, late layers of uh, – when you get into the bigger kind of layers of, of collectives, you can see how the darkness of that happens. There's a case in point. I can't remember uh, what African country it was, but anyway, the king died. And here it is. Outside of his palace doors, people are literally dying from starvation. And after he died, somebody went into the palace, and lo and behold, in some cellar, kind of covered up, were $2 billion of gold bullion. Hmm. But 15 feet outside the walls, there are people dying. What's the point of that? It's totally, it's, it's so mind-numbing in its horribleness. So, anyway. Well, we, we got that here. You got all these, you know, phony baloney hedge managers or whatever. I, I, I'm a big fan of American Greed. I love that show. And, uh. Mm-hmm. You know they're a, they're swindling people for their retirement fund, their retirement funds so they can have another horrible? mansion and another and another plane and another yacht. They already have everything you could ever dream of, and they want two or three or four or five of it now. It's like it's never enough. It's it's an addiction. Never it's a sickness. And it's a beast. It's it's defeating. It's the constant feeding frenzy of just having to have and never being satisfied. It's a sickness. Yeah, and yeah, it in, is a sickness. Uh, in, in, in ancient, uh, in ancient Canaanite, uh, I can't remember the Molech. That was it. You know, it was always you had to feed the oh, children yeah. Molech, right? And the so children. I think that that's the children, right? You feed the children, the innocent mm-hmm. children, into Molech, and so Molech is, you know, you're feeding the beast. And I think that that's a very yeah. deep 
spiritual principle. You keep feeding the, the very thing that's supposed to give you life, and it's actually killing you. It's making you worse. Yeah. Well, uh, God gave us free will, right? So we all all have that evil in us, whether, I mean, we can keep it at bay when, when we've got food on the table and a roof over our head and all of that. But when people, you know, don't have, yeah, when they're, when they don't have anything, they got nothing to lose. And and that's when the havoc that's right. That's when your ugly side turns out, and I hope I hope I never have to live a day like that because um, I'd like to think I'd turn the high road, but I, you know who knows. Well, it then becomes down to self-preservation. Yeah, you're surviving. Yeah, and uh, and you're going to be protecting scary. the people that you love, right? And you're going to start mm-hmm. finding other people that you can work with because you realize. You know, at some point, you can't be fighting all these forces against yourself. Uh, you need you need other people to help. So there's going to be small, you know, if the things get really bad, you're going to start seeing how people are going to come together to form little alliances and share yeah. and to help each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, D- uh, Dave, uh, David or Dean, um, <clears throat> I, I this is just kind of something I, you know, had in the back of my uh, mind is, you know, is working on some talking points for tonight. Uh, have either of you read um, um, Boccaccio's The Decameron? Where, no. Yeah, you know, the, uh, you know Ten people uh, leave Florence to escape the plague from you know, like 1348, and they go to some uh, castle outs- outside the city for ten days, and they just tell stories. So you have one person telling a story for each each day. You know, a total of a hundred uh, stories. Um, so it, it's basically a setup for what's going on today with the the you know plague going on in a major uh, European city and. They escape to an isolated uh, palazzo uh, for you know, ten days. You know, it's kind of like the you know self quarantining for two weeks. It, it just seems like uh, what six hundred years later, we're still doing the same thing. Well, think about think about the you know kind of the essence of that. So self self quarantining is probably a basic uh, instinctual idea that is necessary to um, weather a, a horrible storm. You know, particularly in this case, it's a plague. So maybe we already have it built within ourselves to be able to understand. Hey, you know, in times of really 
dire trouble when it comes to all these types of viruses, you know, have some social distance as opposed to, you know, be crammed together. Makes sense to me. But, but mm-hmm. is, I'm, I, I think we have a, uh, a pill now for uh, the plague. It, 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 it does uh, surface occasionally uh it, but it, it's it's treat it's it, it's treatable um but yeah the the difference now with the coronavirus is it, it just seems like um you know, you know we find out about it and then there's a hey, uh we're, we're gonna get this vaccine out and you know, um you want to drive a car? Show me uh, that you've been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I, that uh, that does become troubling with you know, how we're dealing with uh, you know the as we approach you know hopefully you know the virus uh, winding down and what we're going to have to deal deal with and you know you know it's just you know people are just uh being uh you know really open about well you know the uh you know the mandatory testing and vaccines um you know we're kind of getting back to the really Scary element of the um, you know, like second uh, beast working the great miracles that captivated the world. Anyone want to comment well, I, on that? Well, I, I I'd love to comment because this whole vaccination thing. Um, has got uh, me really con- concerned. I mean, as you all know, there is a segment in society, these an- anti-vaxxers who won't even, you know, get their their child a rubella vaccination. They're terrified it causes autism. So now you're going to force, you, you won't force somebody to get uh, r- rubella and mumps and all these other vaccinations but you're going to force someone to get a coronavirus uh again i mean just to, on a side note i'm i'm going to rag on bill gates a little bit because he is definitely behind all of uh these vaccinations especially now with the coronavirus he totally jumped on that bandwagon well you know as of yesterday we were the the biggest donator to the World Health Organization. And uh, as you've all heard today, we're dropping them. We're not giving them any more money. And, and yay Trump, yay Trump for, for doing that. Uh, you know, um, kudos to him. But the second biggest donator of the World Health Organization is Bill Gates. So this is what I found so interesting. And China's like way down the list. So the World Health Organization 
gets most of its money from us. Now they get most of their money from Bill Gates, yet they kiss China's butt when it comes to this whole coronavirus. What is really going on here? And then it kind of makes me wonder, well, is Bill Gates in with China about something? Um, that, you know, mm-hmm. how the cons- conspiracy mind just kind of, you know, starts right. connecting dots with, without any proof, mind you. But it makes me wonder, well, uh, if if Bill Gates – if we're the first per, first highest donation and they're basically telling us to go pound it, then Bill Gates is, is up next and he wants vaccinations. So everyone thinks vaccinations are a great idea. Well, most people think that that is, you know, they're, uh, uh, David, as uh, you, I'm, I'm sure you will comment, is the mark of the beast. It's the mark of the beast mentioned several times in uh, Revelation. They um, says the forehand or the the forehead. The forehead is a very odd place to get vaccinated. But, you know, that's what the Bible says. And um, I just, I don't know how you're going to make everyone get a vaccination. And can you, before you get a vaccination, can you take it to a clinic and make sure that there's not a microchip in it? I mean, I, I, there's so many questions about this whole entire thing. And and then what if you're afraid of getting it? Are you thrown in jail? Are you fined um, spiritually? Do, and you, you think it's the mark of the beast. Can, will you go to hell if you get the vaccination? I, I mean, I've got all these questions about it, and by all means, David, I'd love to hear what you have to say spiritually on getting a vaccination or not getting a vaccination. Well, you know, I think we're uh, roughly of the same era, so we all had polio shots, and that seemed to work. And so there's an element of trust that we grew up with saying, you know what, this is the this is the good of our society is to do these things. However, I'm beginning to start to think that um, I think at an earlier stage, like my grandfather's generation, they really understood that, you know, we're here in this together and we all to, to make our society function really well, we need to do A, B, C, and D. And, you know, the D part might've been these vaccinations. I don't know if that's true anymore. I think that there is just so many dark forces that are out there that we're not actually out for the benefit of mankind and to help our brother. We're out mm-hmm. to make sure that our brother is suppressed. So that changes the entire equation completely. So now if you want to work, if you want to be an operative person within our society, and this is kind of the nature of like kind of the end times of the way that it was described, then you have to bow down and you have to kind of um, give all your allegiance and all of your, um, your freedoms up to the existing powers so that you can function within that particular society. And if the society is now a global society, then, or a large, you know, country like ours, then, you're kind of stuck. And of course the, the Christian reaction at the, during the first century and in the second and then the third was to say, no, we're not going to do this. And then they suffered the consequences of it. 
so because well, they recognize that there's another layer of freedom that they didn't want they didn't want that to be subjected to. So now you have the moral dilemma of what what do you need to be subjected to? So we're not being asked to you know worship somebody, but we are asking to work within our society so that our society can function. But if our society the the you know, our leaders are telling us that in very draconian ma- uh, measures that you have to do this, this, and this, then we are now accepting a form of totalitarianism of which I am, I totally believe that that is not the route we need to be taking. Well, isn't that to- to- totalitarianism if someone has a microchip in you and they know exactly with, with GPS and your bank account and every, everything – they know exactly where you are. They know exactly what you have in your bank account. They know exactly what your 401k is worth. They know exactly where you work. They know they know everything. Yeah. They know your medical history. I mean, isn't that total control, really? It is. I mean, it's the whole nature of the tracking system. So now we have the ultimate, you know, artificial god, so to speak, who knows knows everything that you do and everything that you think. And think about all this artificial intelligence that's just going to be coming down the road. They can start kind of guessing how you feel. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we're in a very peculiar state right now. We're on this very wild cusp of using technology to start advancing all kinds of new ideas. And the old paradigms are starting to be eliminated. They're just, you know, they're like trees that are in the forest that are all being chopped down. So, yeah, I mean, we have the triumph of technology, but technology is now going to be coming the beast in which we're all going to have to fit within that model. And David, you were just mentioning um, that the world has actually actually just moved towards, um, you know, the, you know the motto of just en- enslaving your brother, and yeah, you know, okay, that's going on. Um, but, but yeah, you know, just to take it a little bit further, you know, we have the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, that's uh, just kind of yeah. The the, the next step is uh, just killing your brother. And you know we uh, you know we, we can start getting into you know the you know the microchips and all the, the nanochips. Uh, you know if someone just happens to uh, be at the controls and they don't don't like what you're thinking or the, you know. You're just going to be eliminated, it's, you know. or or just think, just imagine you have a vaccine, and the vaccine has some type of artificiality to it, and then you have um, uh, some type of microwave radiation that can be activated and kind of pinpointed to you, so that certain things activate within your body, so that you get sick. Hey, well, we don't like what this guy did. Er, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that too. The vaccination right. so is, is a Trojan horse for other uh, va- for other diseases when people get sick of you. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of having <laughs> a you know, instead of having a dog collar on your neck or you know an ankle <laughs> bracelet, 
that has, you know, all these tracking devices, you are going to be your own tracking device because there's going to be all this stuff inside your body. I, I don't know. It, it, you know, on one hand, I'm really kind of excited about, you know, seeing some of these things. On another hand, I'm just really kind of uh, horrified that there are forces out. See, I think that the, what I'm concerned about is that I think that there are forces out there that are more interest, that are more malevolent. They're more, they're dark uh, than there are those who are interested in trying to promote something that is of, you know, of light. And so we see these types of uh, instruments or tools, and I, I, I ask myself, you know, is this is this from God or not? And so it seems to me that it's not. Now, right. I, I, I have to agree with that too, David. It, it seems like it is you know, like the second beast uh, blowing life into that statue to create like the third um, mockery of the Holy Trinity. And it, it, it's just something so fake and creepy that it's like, I, you know, I, I just don't trust it either. Right, and and every and they're uh, totally uh, well, not everybody, but a, a lot of people are, you know, totally poo-pooing the the hydroxy chloroquine. Uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. And then the um, antibiotic the malaria cocktail. Drug. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that with the the antibiotic, the the cocktail or whatever, and all these doctors are are saying that it works. Well, why don't they want that to be successful? Well, because that would kind of put a damper on the vaccination. Like, why do we need a vaccination if the cure to this coronavirus exactly. is so cheap and simple? We I don't know. need so a vaccination. When look, so when you're starting to look down this road, why is vaccination the cure-all when they know that it's 12 to 18 months, you know, downstream and that we have to wait for it? Wait a minute. What's wrong? This doesn't sound right to me. When there are all these other things that you can do, like, and Mark, you just sent me that link today that I, I listened to, and the doctor was saying, you know, vitamin A, you know, vitamin B, yeah. uh, vitamin D, and large, and large doses of vitamin C. It's you, you're, yeah. you're boosting up your immune system because your immune system is compromised with this virus. So, but it, and but you, if you build up- all kinds of. I was going to mention something. There's going to be so many designer drugs out there. And just so you know, in World War II, when we were uh, building the, the bombs, there was, you know, an enormous amount of people working on this project, both scientists and engineers, um, you know, in the Manhattan Project. The amount of people and the amount of money that went into genetic engineering was like 100 times that. Mm-hmm. So just just think about that for one second. What the atom did with those with those two weapon systems changed the whole dynamic of the world, and we spent two billion dollars. And then you go, we've now we're spending you know enormous amounts of money in genetic research, and then uh, labs and and tooling, and we have more scientists working on genetics 
than we do on the, the production of the, those two bombs. What is that? When are we going to start seeing the results of that? So are we going to be using it for good or are we going to be using it for bad? Well, I think that there's a lot of good things that are out there that we're going to be able to start saying, hey, you know what? Your body needs this specific thing, and then there's a DNA for that, and we can go ahead and use that to, to cure you know, these diseases. But those are, the, those are the good people that are interested in actually helping out you know, mankind. It's the other ones that are making me nervous. Right, the ones it's that want to live forever. Well, and, and then it's also part of what you see uh, in the uh, in the X Files with Mulder and Scully going around, and they're going, "Oh my God, there is all this nef- nefarious things going on." And mm-hmm. what's all this about? So I don't know. Maybe there's just this. I'm, you know, I've tried to always be very upbeat and very optimistic, and I still am. But you know, there are some things that are starting to make me. Uh, a little more nervous and a little more skeptical. And I think that that's something that Jesus said, you know, be smart as, or be wise as serpent and gentle as doves. And, you know, here's a, here's a case where that's just actually going to start to happen. You know, we're going to have to start seeing and be have, you know, a very wise eyes and to recognize that maybe some of this stuff isn't what it's all uh, meant to be. So. Right. Yeah. I, the, um, I mean, some of the things going on, medically right now i know uh, we were were talking about this the um the other day but um my my thing is uh i i as a woman i I understand abortion i understand the right to choose i i i get it but the whole nine month abortion thing i don't get and i have no idea why anyone would want to protest for that, would want to vote for a candidate who wanted, what, I don't, again, people playing God, what what are, why are people waiting nine months to get an abortion? I I think there's money, money involved. I I know that the doctors are making money selling the, the, the dead baby off, but I'm wondering if, if the mom's making some money too. And I, I mean, this is just where our medical industry is going. Uh, they're selling dead babies for science. I mean, what else are they doing? It, it's it's disgusting. It's uh, I, I know South Korea clones your dogs for fifty thousand dollars. You can send um, a sample of you know your lo- beloved dog to South Korea, and they'll clone it for you and send you the puppy back for fifty thousand dollars. I mean, all this stuff that we're doing with science, with uh, genetics, with cloning, with DNA, with RNA, it, it, it's like a, a, an old science fiction movie. It's like that Dr. Moreau's Island. It's, it's nauseating to me. And, and this is where we're going. Yeah. I, you know, when you were saying that, I just thought of the 1950s movie, The Fly, where the guy ends up accidentally mm-hmm. grafting the fly <laughs> with his own DNA. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah. That was a great <laughs> like, movie whoops. too. Whoops, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. You know, I that think that movie. there are other times when things like this happened, and um, it was considered an abomination. So, in the Book of Enoch, and in the you know the Book of Genesis, we see the Nephilim and the Watchers, there's and the fallen angels. There's something very real about those stories 
and it's part of our mythology, but I think that it's also historical, but it's part of kind of in the, in, in our very deep unconscious and we are aware of that. And I, we're moving in that direction with our technologies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're just blowing off God left and right in everything we do. And uh, it's, it's just, it, it, you feel like it's the end. You, you, you have that, that I have that, I, I don't know. I talk about it with my family and um, my, my mother's 77 and, and she goes, I don't know if I'm going to see it, but you're going to see it. And your kids are definitely going to see it. And, and that tribulation is, it's, it's coming. And uh, I, I just, I, I can't disagree. I just, you just feel it in the air. Uh, a friend of mine who uh, is part of a, a, a she co-authored this book and it's called The Sweet Life. She uh, she talks about how we are losing our freedoms and our world is unraveling, and we need to pay attention and start to wake up. Uh, and if we don't, then we're going to find ourselves with less and less opportunities to explore the world as we want to explore it. Oh yeah, and yeah, and done. you know we're kind of we're moving so fast into into technology, and of course things are changing on a very rapid scale. And then you combine that with the communication revolution and the social media and what's happening there, and we just have this explosion on all fronts. And humanity, and we're changing. And, and you know, here's the other thing: we're changing what we're saying is natural. So. I'm listening to people right. say that there are a hundred different sexes out there and I'm scratching yeah. my head going, this doesn't make any sense to me. There's only two. There might be three. There might be, or maybe four, you know, there's kind of, you know, male, female, female, male, 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 female, female, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. Something's <laughs> going on there where it is very different than what we all understood and I don't get this, and yet it's now becoming part of the new norm to be able to say, I can be whatever I want. I can change my sex. I can do this. I can do that. And believe me, you know, one of the things when I was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time reading on Buddhism, and, you know, it's, the, the basic idea is that you start where you are, and then you go deep into yourself. You don't change yourself, you know. You really kind of you change yourself from the inside. You don't change yourself on the outside. So there's a point in which you take accept you you take charge of your yourself. And we seem to want to move in this other direction with technology in which we can change all of our circumstances, but not ourselves. Well, I this whole you know there's all these different sexes. It doesn't stop with that. They um. There's groups that that want to be an animal. I I, I I mean, where is this going? I want to be an animal. I want to be a plant. I want to. What are we going to genetically change ourselves every time a thought pops into our head about how cool it would be? Something. It, it's it's so self. This world has become so self-centered. Every everything's about you. Uh, you 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 think you're curious how it would be to be a woman when you're you know, eight years old, you ask your mom and she takes you to the doctor. I mean, I, I just, 
there's no there's no boundaries anymore. And and most some people wrap that up like, well, there's no limits. You could do whatever you want. I don't know about that. I, I it's I don't know. I th- I think we're all, we're all headed for the tribulation. That <laughs> that's my my thought. But uh the you know, Dina, before uh you know, we all get uh beamed up, um you know, we're approaching you know, about 20 minutes left and a what you cover in crowns and cabals and uh, uh david covers in um interviewing jesus um is a, a um common de- denominator of both books is that you look at these uh, subversive groups, um, you know, those who are trying to um, you know, get get rid of the uh, you know, David says uh, like the heavy hand of the Roman occupiers and you know Dina you have your uh, new world order uh, elites uh, oppressing the uh, population do, do you think that people can um have these small counterculture type groups and actually overthrow the oppressive you know fascist regimes um well i you know it it of course depends on the the hour if god if God wants um, the oppressors to temporarily win before his son comes down and, and uh, saves us all, well, well that's going to happen no matter what. But if it's not the time, uh, ab- absolutely. I mean, we're, we're in an age now where uh, technology is of course con- controlling all of our lives, but the people who, um, run the technology are, are pretty darn smart. So uh, there's got to be a Christian or two that work at Google. There's got to be a Christian or two that's configuring our, our satellites. There's got to be a Christian or two in our defense department. There's, you know, got to be a Christian or two, even at Microsoft where, you know, the devil uh, reigns, you know, uh, I, they're, they, they're, they're, they've got to be here and they've, they've got to be there. So, You've got a lot of really smart people in key positions with key skills that could overthrow an oppressor. And, um, you know, I know that um, this is a controversial subject, but it's so important for certain groups that we get rid of our guns. And, I mean, I'm not a gun toter or anything like that, but if someone's going to tell me that I can't go buy a gun now, well, now all of a sudden, I, I you know why? It, it's my right. It uh, it's the Second Amendment. That that and 
so when you got people taking away your guns, then you, you pretty much know that this is a takeover. I think that that's, you know, kind of, kind of almost, I don't know what else you would need. You, I, I don't know how many more bricks need to fall on your head to, to know that. So, um, we're, we don't just have guns for weapons anymore. We've got all kinds of weapons. We've got, you know, nuclear weapons. We've got uh, technology weapons. We've got uh, medical bioweapons. We've got all kinds of stuff that we can use against our oppressors. And if to get everybody on board a totalitarian regime, I would think would be almost impossible you'd have to really have something to hold over them so yes i do think it's possible but if if it's that time that they mentioned in the bible where it's the tribulation then no nothing you're what you're going to do is going to work okay and kind of picking up on this on a historical point of view i at the end of World War One, three major ideologies developed, and that was communism, fascism, and Western democracies. And so World War Two was about the, the defeat of fascism, which it, it pretty much wiped out the Italians, the, the Japanese, and, and the, um, the Germans. And so now we've been in this constant struggle between Western democracies and, you know, the communist regimes. And... Um, what it took to defeat fascism was essentially a Herculean uh, effort. You had to mobilize the United States and the Western allies and then Russia to defeat the Nazis and the, and the Japanese and the Italians. So when we deal with these large-scale problems like this, it takes an enormous amount of energy and effort. And there has to be a leader, you know, that kind of leads the light, so to speak, you know, to, to defeat this kind of stuff. So it's not just grassroots anymore. Some of it requires righteous nations to defeat unrighteous types of nations. And I, I, the old and, – and, the, and the, let me just finish this. And in the book of Revelation, there aren't any. It's an outside source that happens. It's the intervention of the divine mm-hmm. to defeat this worldwide oppression. Right. The, I, uh, go, go ahead, Dino. Uh, well, well, absolutely. And, uh, uh, just to um, you know, piggyback on what David was saying, um, you know, part of all of this you know, great tribulation, everything needs to line up and everything. I mean, we're seeing a lot of the signs that are mentioned now. Um, I know the uh, European Union is, is one of the big signs. And I just, you know, want to throw it out there. Look what happened to England or the UK. They tried to pull out of the European Union. It took them, what, over three and a half years. And yeah. they're fi- finally they're out and I use that quote unquote out cause there's, they're still really in and their leader gets coronavirus. So I, I you know, yeah, there, I, I, I think to a degree there are a lot of um, supernatural 
circumstances going on right now. I don't know what David, I don't, David, I don't know if you believe that, that we're about to be in it or not, but I'm starting to get on that train. Well, I believe I'm going to go back to kind of the early, you know, first, um, first century Judaism about the forces of light and the forces of darkness. And that there, I think that there's a, tr- a lot of truth to that and that we are moving into either um, you live in the light or you live in this density of darkness and materialism. And we're going to see fascism as this density of materialism to a point where it's going to be so oppressive that you're not going to be able, you're not going to find any joy in your life. Uh, and then yeah. I think on the other side of things, there's this other aspect, which is go to the light, start living your life in a way that is consistent with the divine principles. So um, that's how I look at it. Yeah. And we're, you know, and obviously in the book of revelation, there's a great deal of, um, Assault against the saints, so to speak, the, the, and there are a lot of martyrdoms that are taking place because those people are not willing to um, bow down to the beast, so to speak. You know, we're again we go back to the idea that I mentioned earlier about Moloch being, you know, constantly needing to eat the children. At some point, you go, you got to, you can't feed that thing anymore. It's just too destructive. Right. I mean, well, we've we've had our we've had a recent Moloch again with Jeffrey Epstein, just feeding on those kids left and right, and it's just so disgusting. And to understand that there's so much trafficking going on, yeah. I, you know, I'm just it's just mm-hmm. too it's just too distor- it's just all very very disturbing. I, they're they're either getting um, uh, uh, abused or they're getting killed. And that's only his part of the island, right? What other (laughs) islands are out there? What other things are out there? Right. Yeah, what other things are going on that, that, I mean, we get glimpses here and there, but who knows what kind of evil is is really brewing. Right. And I think that the, um, these like forces of darkness seem to organize themselves in very, nefarious and very smart ways and people like us are just trying to go our merry way you know we're not organized like that we don't organize like that and they got they have uh friends in high places that seems Mm -hmm. to be a theme Mm -hmm. yeah what we've been covering uh tonight does seem uh, very r- reminiscent of 1984. Uh, uh, got a lot of these you know, uh, pr- predictions, go- uh, you know, modern predictions going like X Files, uh, you know, Dina's books, uh, uh, concepts of you know, the new world order, who's really behind the politicians that we uh, elect. But th- this virus really seems to have uh, 
ratcheted up. Yeah, the evil that's really out there in the world. Um, it, it's exposed a lot of uh, really scary ideas that. Um, it, maybe are coming to light more through social media before the posts are taken down. Uh, you know, can't really depend on uh, getting the full truth from uh, the mainstream media, but yeah, you know, so, so something's going on that people really don't agree with. And you know, uh, we have our work cut out to uh, resist some of some of what has just been publicly stated. You know, like the um, vaccines are you know, just going to be uh, cranked out uh, quickly. Uh, have they really been tested long enough? Uh, you know, are there going to be side effects like uh, uh, thalidomide? Do we do we really need to test that or the uh, vaccines that badly when like David was uh, talking about that uh, video uh, we watched earlier about you you, you can just build up uh, your nutrition uh, to uh, help fight off. you know, these viruses and you know, there, there, there are better cures than the ventilators. So, you know, we have a, a lot of uh, work, you know, voice our opinions about what's, how we're going to live after, uh, you know, the normalcy returns. I want, I want my own immune system to, be able to manage itself, and if it needs a booster, then I'll take the booster. I don't want some foreign antibody coming in and then compromising my body. So, yeah, you know, I I believe my body is a temple, and I try to treat it as such. So that, that to me is the abomination of abominations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I um, definitely don't want to be forced into taking that vaccine if it comes out. Okay. Um, You know, know, we're down to about four minutes. Uh, David and Dina, you can uh, wrap up with any final comments, give – Website contact information. Ho- hopefully, uh, I mean, talk about you know, like book appearances or something like that sometime soon. So, if you have anything you know you want to pu- uh, publicize, uh, you know, take uh, you can take these last couple minutes. Uh, uh, Dina, do you want to go first? Uh, sure, I'll, I'll go quick so David's got enough time. 
my my name is Dina Ray. I have eight novels. My most recent one is called Crowns and Cabals. Um, I'm all over the place, but you could find all of the books in Amazon. I mean, some some of them are at Walmart. Some of them are books a million here. Some of them are here. Some of them are there. But uh, Amazon's got all of them. Um, my blog is Dina Ray's Write Stuff dot blogspot dot com and that's uh D I N A R A E S W R I T E stuff. And then I have another blog called uh Conspiracy Crackpot. So um you're definitely welcome to find me there, Conspiracy Crackpot um home, I believe. And um I'm on Twitter at Halo of the Damned. I'm on Facebook, Dina Ray Books. Um I'm on Pinterest. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm, uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty up on the social media. Uh, thank you, Mark and Barbara, so much for having me on my show. And, David, it was a, a true pleasure. Thank you, Dina. So my name is David Collis. That's C-O-L-L-I-S. And my book is Interviewing Jesus the Man. And in my book, I explore Jesus' lifetimes and sayings. And uh, I am on my website is davidcollis.com. So that's D A V I D Collis, C O L L I S.com. And I have a Facebook author page. So it's just David uh, Collis Author. And um, yeah, that seems to be my uh, uh, social media presence. And uh, my book is available at Amazon. And I have both a print version. I have an ebook version and I have an audio version. So uh, whatever suits your fancy, you have an opportunity to get my book and please buy it. It's a very good read. Yeah, it is. And D- Dina's uh, Crowns and Cabals is a great uh, book too. And I just want to thank both of you for being excellent guests. And Barbara, do you want to step in and wrap up the show? Sure thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I thank all of you guys for a fascinating show, um, and you certainly presented a lot of facts that a lot of people out there have been thinking about and wondering. So it's good to get it out there. It's good to talk about it. It's good to actually um, just just uh, talk it over with each other and make sure that you you keep on all of the facts that, that, you know, find all of the facts that fit you and, and apply to Jesus said, question all things. Good idea to do that. And uh, don't be afraid to question because if something is valid, it will stand up to any questioning you can put to it. We'll be up on YouTube tomorrow. Please check us out there. Have a great evening. Stay home, stay well, stay healthy. And uh, we'll all make it through, like they say on TV. We're in this together. Good night, everybody.